Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Well, hopefully this is a little bit better in take number two. My name is Mike Brown. I'm coming to you live here on Spotify Green Room uh, for tonight's episode of the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. Thank you, Lucas, for that confirmation. Uh, so we will uh, begin this show uh, once more. So thank you all so much for uh, rejoining the show here, I should say. Uh, we are recapping tonight's. 110 to 91 loss to uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So make sure uh, we'll go for about 20 to 25 minutes, I would say, uh, tonight. Uh, The Rockets, once again, lose 110 to 91 uh, to the Mavericks. Unfortunately, another loss for the Rockets. They dropped to 18 and 55. Uh, on the season uh, before we got cut off the first time we were talking about uh, some expectations of what to expect for the rest of the year. If you're rejoining us here on Spotify Green Room and you would like to talk Rockets basketball with me tonight, hit that request to speak button stage immediately and we can talk anything that you guys would like to talk about, whether it be the game tonight against the uh, Mavericks or the NCAA tournament. We do have our first speaker of the night, Brendan. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, brother. What's going on? Oh my gosh, man. So I've, uh, I've listened to the show pretty consistently, either just after the game at night or the next day. We appreciate that. What I saw tonight was terrible from okay. Steven Silas. This was the last straw. <laughs> I mean, he's got to go. Uh, watching Jalen Green sit in the corner uh, for the first half and watch as Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon, and Christian Wood turned the ball over and danced around was brutal. Yeah, it's – Brendan, I, I'm listen, man, I'm not a negative fan by any stretch of the imagination. I think I would call myself a realistic fan with a – a turn towards negativity, if that makes sense. Like I try to talk, I try to talk myself into being as positive as I can because this is now year two of, I mean, I joined the dream shake two years ago, right before COVID hit uh, when the Rockets were in the bubble. And it was an extremely exciting time to be a Rockets fan. Right. Mm -hmm. But ever since Silas has taken over, and it's not all his fault. I do not blame everything on Steven Silas. But I, I coached basketball for four years, not at, not at his level, obviously. But what I know to be a fact that no matter what level of basketball you play or coach, make the game as simple as possible. And you're going to be okay in most situations. Rockets fans do not expect you to win, but they expect you to build a system that is built around your young guns, Josh Christopher, 
Alperen Shingun, Jalen Green. Those are your guys. Build the system around him, and he doesn't do it. Yeah, I mean, who's who's the number one player for the top fifty for the next fifteen years? For it's the Rockets? Yeah, Rockets. Or, and like, okay, not, not in the league. Who's who's the Rockets' top player for the next fifteen years? Who's the future? Jalen Green, no doubt. And yeah. whoever we get in this next draft, if we get a top three-ish, four-ish pick, and when you have him sitting there and taking three shots in the first half, which aren't even drawn up shots they're alley-oops or cuts to the basket that's ridiculous how do you expect him to grow and learn as a player when you're not giving him any opportunities well i think yeah i I think you make a great point i think the biggest thing for me is definitively right now at 10.09 p.m wednesday march 23rd i'm in favor of firing steven silas at the end of the year because it's not going to get any better like a coach who's still playing Aaron Gordon 20, how many minutes? He played 23 minutes tonight when in the 73rd game of a year where you've won 18 times. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That, I mean, the reason to have veteran players on the roster still is so in practice, the young guns can learn from them. It's not so they can go out in the game and lose it. Right. The game experience needs to be for the young guys. Fair. Absolutely. You know, Deshaun Nix played three minutes tonight. Yeah, I was about to say that. I, I saw at the end of the game, Bruno Fernando, Deshaun Nix, um, Garuba, they all went in, and it's like, why not play them over Wood and Gordon? Yeah. You know, I, Fernando, I like Fernando. I mean, I, I think Fernando's got a, a decent-looking NBA body that I would like to see play more minutes. Uh, but it's... It's a really weird situation, Brendan, because I just don't understand it. Like, I don't know the philosophy behind why you're playing these guys. You just got beat by 19 in Dallas without Luka Doncic. Even with Luka Doncic, the Mavericks maybe make it to the second round and then they get knocked out. They're, they're, that's not a great team. You know, don't try and sell me Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell as guys who are going to be any sort of impact makers in the playoffs. They're just not. Yeah, and to touch up on Bruno Fernando, I think uh, Silas needs to stop trying to hit the home run with Wood or develop him because he is what he is. He's not going to turn into a better player defensively. He's a good player offensively, but he's where he's going to be at. So now if we try to develop Bruno Fernando, maybe he can turn into something similar to Dwight Powell. I mean, look at how Powell killed us tonight. Powell was more effective than Wood was just because of his select uh, specialization that he uses. In well, he knows what he is. Yeah. yeah. Dwight Powell knows exactly what he is. He's a nice hustle guy. He's a, he's a 2022 version of a guy like Chuck Hayes. Mm-hmm. Not, as good as, not as good defensively as Chuck Hayes, but Chuck Hayes was what he was because he understood what his role was. Like, that's Dwight Powell in a nutshell. I mean, he's a guy who averages eight points and five rebounds a game. He's never going to be a needle mover. Yeah, not everyone has to be a superstar. Like on the team, yeah. there has to be guys that do the dirty work. When you bring there up has a good, to be guys that protect the rim and get offensive rebounds. Well, you bring up an interesting point about talent because I think it's important to note that some of the Rockets' problems 
are caused by the fact that they just don't have a lot of talent. In the NBA, in professional sports, I'm not saying anything that isn't already well known. You got to have talent to win, man. Like by NBA standards, who would you call a true plus player on most teams in the league? I would not call Jay Sean Tate that. I would say he's a plus player on 10 to 12 teams. That's not more than half the league. Christian Wood, I would call a plus player. Aaron Gordon. Depends. It depends. Right. He's a plus player on a team that utilizes him correctly. Mm -hmm. So he's a borderline plus player. I would not call Kevin Porter Jr. a plus player. He's never proven that he can be a part of a team that wins consistently. Jalen Green, I would call a, a borderline plus player. And nobody off the bench is a plus player. Shangun, I would say maybe, but he's not there yet. Garuba, no. Fernando, no. KJ, no. Uh, Schroeder, no. Matthews, no. Christopher, no. That's a lack of talent. And you're not going to win very many games by employing a roster of this caliber. Yeah, I mean, the issue is, is uh, most of these players, they're, they're good in select fields, but they, they can't be players as you say by themselves I mean Shangun I know you're not sold on Holmgren from what you've you know no. uh, said before but if mm-hmm. you put Chet Holmgren next to Shangun he's going to make up for a lot of the defensive deficiencies that Shangun has your problem that you're going to run into if you deploy that front court is defensively you're well you're slow and who would you know who, who is Shengun going to guard if you put Holmgren out there or who or vice versa? You know, like if you're playing, if you're playing Phoenix, just as an example, you obviously put Holmgren on Aiton, but then who would Shengun guard? You're going to put him on Bridges because Bridges will eat him alive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to play, uh, I'm trying to think of another example. If you play Philadelphia, you're going to put obviously Holmgren on Embiid, but then you're going to put what Shangun on Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris would eat him alive. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's the major problem that people are not talking enough about when they're talking about who the Rockets should take in the draft while we're watching, you know, the March Madness Mm -hmm. is everybody's all in on, um, on Holmgren. And I go, okay, that's fine. But what do you do? If you want Shangun to be a major part of your rotation moving forward, i.e. being in the starting lineup, then I don't get how that would work in today's NBA. Yeah. Now, a question I have for you that I've thought about a, quite, a couple times is, mm-hmm. what do you think about a zone defense where it's a 3-2 zone with, say we do draft Holmgren, we have Holmgren and Shangun on the interior, obviously, with the three guards on the outside. How do you think that would work out? I don't think zone defense works in the NBA because too many guys in the NBA will kill you in a zone. That's why teams don't play it. I like the idea of a zone throughout the game. It depends on who you're playing. I I don't hate that idea, but you're also taking away from the strength of this team, at least right now, is your guard play. I take that back. I mean, you've won 18 games, you're 18 and 55. You really don't have a strength of the team. I don't hate that idea, Brendan. I really don't. But 
let me let me flip this on you, right? What mm-hmm. if you draft if you drafted a guy like Jabari Smith? Oh, Jabari's my number one for sure. Jabari or Paolo Boncaro, mm-hmm. the same uh, the same situation I just described. Either one of those guys, you could very easily put on a Mikael Bridges or a Tobias Harris. Um, or yeah, but a, can Shangun guard Aiton? That's the issue. The thing In is, if he if he can't, then he needs to be a bench guy. That's how I feel about Shangun. I like Shangun a lot. His defense improved tonight. Like you played decent defense tonight. But that's been my knock on Shangun the entire season. Is he's nice offensively. He makes nice plays. But at this point in his career, he's not a needle mover. You know, Jabari Smith is a needle mover in my eyes. I think he's the number one player in the draft. I don't think it's even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in my opinion, there are three tiers in the top five. Jabari is number one, then Chet and Boncaro, not in that particular order, and then Jaden Ivey. That, that's mine, right? Mm-hmm. People are so, are so sold on Holmgren. I ask you this, Brandon. I'll give you, I'll give you five guys. Can Holmgren stay defensively with any one of these five guys? Can he stay with DeAndre Ayton? In your opinion? Um, I think on select plays, not through the whole game. Okay, not, so that's not, my question. Not, not well, shut down, but I think I think he I think he has the potential to give him issues with his length. Okay, that's fair. So guys like Embiid, guys like Jokic, definitely not. You know, you get where I'm coming. You get where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. You don't take a guy at the number one pick if you can't say that he can play with these the big guys in the league. Cause then you're, then you're stuck in no man's land and you already have Christian Wood and you already have Shangoon. You've got to so, make a decision on Wood. That is the most important. That is the first thing the Rockets have got to do as soon as the season is over is what do you do with Christian Wood? If you want him here, then prove that you want him here and sign him to a long-term contract. Now with our cheap ass owner, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, Woods as cheap as it's going to get right now, so it honestly might not even be the worst thing to bring him back because everyone's looking at him going, there's no way we can pay this guy starter minutes. He's a bench player. See, I don't agree with that, though. I don't agree with that because I don't think he is a bench guy. I think he is a starter. I think he's being misused by the Rockets. I've said that. I've said that since he's gotten here. He has not. They're putting him in a position to not succeed, especially defensively. They ask him to guard the wrong players. So do you want to see him at the four? Yeah, he, he yes, because he's a power forward. He's not a center. And neither is, is Alperin Shangun. Shangun is a four. Neither one of those guys are true rim protectors with the personnel that they have on this team. So I saw an interesting lineup on Twitter. Uh, it had Shangun at the, f- or it had either Shangun or Wood at the five and the four interchange those, and it had Jabari at the three. What do you think of that, or do you think that's just too slow, too big? But that kind of mirrors what the Cavs are doing right now, in a sense, but way more offensive, way less defense. Yeah, and Mobley's a unicorn, and Jared Allen is a true rim protector. The thing about you've got to make your decision at who you want at the five. Honestly, the best combo of what you just described would be Jabari at the four and 
Shangoon at the five. And you move Wood. So that's where I'm at. Anything to add, Brennan, before we move to our next speaker, my man? Um, the only thing is, is I'd say look out for Jaden Ivey. Uh, yep. I think uh, seeing Kevin Porter Jr. have obviously huge flashes, but also downside, I think maybe off the bench microwave score could be the right role for him. And I think Jaden Ivey might be in that second tier with uh, Boncaro and Chet. If you watch some more of his films, he's a really nice player. Almost uh, John Morant-like. I like it. Brandon, have a great night, my man. All right. Thank you. You as well. Thanks, brother. All right. We'll go straight to a good friend of the show, Adam. Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing today? Hey, man. Um, Cougs play tomorrow. They beat Arizona to go to uh, the Elite Eight in back-to-back years, so I'm pretty excited. Agreed. Yeah. I think that'll be definitely happening. Um, So... From kind of what I've seen in the in the tournament thus far, and just watching throughout the year, uh, I still like Paolo, you know, as definitely over Chet. Chet is it's just there's too many questions, there are too many concerns. Um, if you're betting on on a guy that averages 14 and seven, you know, and is and you really don't have a sense that he can be a number one option, which a lot of that is is pretty smart on kind of his dad and kind of his team's part. You know, he went to the best team in college basketball, you know, like he, he is not asked to do what um, any number of players in the past have been asked to do. Like we don't know what his true capabilities are and that's worrying to me. You know, it's like when they need a basket, they go to Timmy. They don't go to him, you know, like, like it's, you know, all this, all this love for, for, it's yeah, I just I just don't see it. And from what I've seen from Paolo, this is a flawed draft. I don't think this is going to be a good draft when we look back on it. You know, I just you know the top three or four players. I, I think there'll be maybe one breakout star, and it's probably either Jabari or or Paolo. But, but yeah, I mean, I would make, and I'm looking at a mock draft now on NBADraft.net, uh, who's you know fairly reputable, I would say. And they have an updated mock draft as of yesterday. Um, now, they have the Rockets ending up with the number one pick and taking Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. If they get the number one pick, I firmly believe they will not go with Jaden Ivey. But what's interesting about this mock draft is they would have us taking Ivey, Jabari Smith going second to Orlando, and Boncaro going third to Detroit. And they have Holmgren going fourth to Oklahoma City. So... It's nice to see that I'm not the only one because I've been out on Holmgren for a while because his game in, like I said, just my take with it, he scares me, man, because he's too narrow and I don't think his game translates well to the NBA. I just don't. I'm not a believer until I see it. He, he's got some, Sean Bradley features to his game, and that scares me. Well, it's what what also concerns me about him is you know he's not a, a deadly three point shooter. You know that would be there'd be a different calculus if this guy was actually shooting you know forty percent from three at, at the college game. He's not. You know, like he he's not a reliable three point shooter from from what we've seen this year. Um, and, and 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 so in kind of in response to what you were saying. 
I think, yeah, I hope the Rockets get the number one pick. But if they do, I think they should trade down. They should trade down to number three. And in my, in my view, I, I would, I, I would take Paolo. I think Paolo is going to last to the number three, three pick. Get, get, an, get one or two extra draft picks, you know, and, 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 and well, just kind of be able to. But here's the problem with that logic, right? Before you continue with it, if you move from one to three because you believe that Paolo's there, what happens when you go to two or when Paolo gets drafted second? You have the number one overall pick. Take your guy. If you believe your guy is there, not, oh, I take that back because you would have the number one pick. You have the number one pick. You take the guy you believe in most. That's why I would not trade down. If you have the number one pick, you do not move out of that number one pick unless you're getting something that just completely blows you away. Now, I'll give you an example, right? I would trade the number one pick if I get a call from the Sacramento Kings offering me De'Aaron Fox. I would do that deal. That's an example of something that I, of a, of a situation I would give up the number one pick for. And if I'm Raphael Stone, Adam, because you're as diehard of a fan as I am, right? I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of it. Like, I'm not coming on here yelling and screaming like I did last year about it because I'm just numb to it at this point. If you're Raphael Stone, get off your ass and make a trade that's actually helping this team. Because he didn't do anything at the deadline that actually helped the Rockets' viability and actually getting better. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, and kind of some other maybe kind of issue for my thinking is, you know, what, what if, what if Duke wins the, the national championship and Paolo is the number one reason for that? That could definitely raise his stock, right? That, that might, that might push him to number two over, over Jabari in most people's eyes. But sure. It, but so the other thing is, and this is maybe, may, this may be negative thinking, but yeah, if we still have Silas next year, we're, we're going to be another, we're going to be a, a bottom five team again. Regardless, in my mind, you know, maybe that's me being negative minded, but I just I, I think that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And 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 if I'm trying to justify it, and I'm trying to be and try to think about it in the silver with a silver lining. You know, if you think about the, the 2023 draft, Victor Wenbenyama is head and shoulders above anybody in this draft. Mm-hmm. In the, the FIBA under 19 tournament, he. I wouldn't say he destroyed Chet, but he he doubled him up. You know, he was clearly the better guy. And he's he's seven three. He's got a defined kind of you know, or kind of a seemingly pretty good low post game. Yeah, you know, if if there's a chance that, you know, that that you're able to if you're able to maybe use next year as a worst case. I know I, I know where you're yeah. going with this. Use next there- year as a reset. You put the ball in Jalen Green. You do things the way you should have done it this year. You're going to be bad, but at least, you know, you're building towards something and, and they're fun to watch, which this team hasn't been very fun to watch. You know, but this is why, but this is why you don't do that. I'll give you three reasons why you don't do that. Because whatever fan base is left will be gone. Number one. Number two, the, the time, by the time that kid gets to the draft, what happens if he has a Liz Frank injury next year and he's done? Which obviously I would never wish. But there's so many variables and things that can happen between today and the, you know, that 2023 draft. 
And the third thing is, again, you're going to run into the same problem that they've run into this year is you, the Rockets could end up with the fourth or fifth pick, which would be disastrous. You can't frame that in a good way to your fan base. And I know that there's people out there that say, you know, these front offices don't care about the fan base. Yeah. You know what? You know, my response to that is you don't think Tillman Fertitta cares that his stadium is 35% full because everyone's tired of seeing his awful basketball team play in person. That's my response to that. And it's not, look, you, I, I respect your basketball opinion more than a lot of other people's out there, but that's why you don't, you don't go that route. Fix it now. That's, that's where I'm at, Adam. Like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this garbage, man. Let's walk through fixing it and kind of what the best case scenario next year is. So, so, so we get the number one pick. We draft Jabari Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're going back into the year. You're, you know, I hope they don't extend, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. to a huge deal. Uh, you know, if it's a reasonable deal where it's something where you can easily pivot, you know, for, for him to maybe come off the bench, you know, if you get an upgrade or, you know, that, you know, but, but your starting lineup, you know, you know, I mean, if you think it's different, KPJ, Jalen Green, you know, the three position, hopefully it's not Eric Gordon, but possibly, or, you know, you're coming back with the same team, except instead of Jay Sean Tate, you got Jabari Smith coming in at the three and you got like a big lineup. And hopefully at that point, they're starting Shingoon and, and Wood. You know, what, would you think there would be a different starting lineup? Yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you, you want to talk about fixing it? Fire Silas first. Second, I would hire Sam Cassell. That would be my first, uh, thing I would do. I get the number one pick in the draft. I'm taking Jabari Smith. And the third thing I would do is I would throw the bag at Jalen Brunson, who's a free agent this, uh, this summer. So my starting lineup is you retain Kevin Porter Jr., right? You convince him to be your sixth man, which I think he would, you know, him and Josh Christopher would be a nice pairing coming off the bench. And then you have a starting lineup of something like a Jalen Brunson, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith. You flip Christian Wood for, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jalen Smith, uh, the kid from, uh, what was it, Texas Tech that got moved. Uh, you know, go get you a, a nice big that can literally just defend the rim, a Mo Bamba type. And then, you know, with the, the, the Brooklyn pick, if you can find a, uh, you know, a, a what's it called? Actually, you know what? Honestly, I would start Usman. My plan would be to start Usman Garuba at the four. Why did you draft him if you don't plan on actually starting him? So there's your starting five right there. I'll, I'll, let's do this. You sign Mo Bamba and, J- and Jalen Brunson in free agency. Your starting lineup next year could be Bamba, Smith, uh, Shingun, Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Green. There you go right there. A couple of questions with that. So mm-hmm. I, I agree. If we can get Brunson – do it, you know, he's going to want 20 to probably to come to a lower level team, probably a little bit more. But they're know, not but paying I, anybody else. Exactly. No, no, I think he's worth it. And I think he probably is a little bit 
um, probably dissatisfied. He's kind of like the third banana now with Dinwiddie, right? Dinwiddie's the kind of flavor of the month with the Maples. Uh, right. So I think that's doable. I think that's doable. KPJ accepting a six-man, you know, role. Uh, I don't know with his ego. I don't. I'm not sure if you can. Yeah, you know, that he would see that as a demotion, right? But, you know, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Then you got the, the kind of concern with, you know, you know, what is Jay, you know, Jay, you're basically going to move off Jay Sean Tate at that point. Cause if that guy's, you know, if he's, if he's not starting, he's probably not happy. And KJ Martin, he probably, if you, you could still dedicate to him, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, possibly, you know, and he has some kind of guarantee on that. He, you know, he'd be happy sticking around. Well, just I'm, I'm asking. Still, I, Sean says they have cap space for Brunson. Yeah, they have enough cap space. The, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, I, they're, they're just not going to fire Silas. You know, there's the only thing that could happen to fire Silas is we have another blow up like we had in Denver, or there's there's kind of just whispers that are circulated amongst the reporters that just the team has stopped listening to Silas, and that's not what we've heard. I, yeah, I would think that that's possible just based on if you just gave me the facts of the information this year, but all the reporting says that the team loves him, but I, I, I just don't think they're moving off of him. And without well, moving off of Silas, it's hard. Yeah. But also I mean, keeping Silas might, might help you get Brunson depending on what his relationship was with Brunson back in the day, but it seems like Brunson was closer with Carlisle than yeah. Silas. I mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. It's a fair point to make. And, you know, it's being discussed in the chat of however much money Wall is taking up of the salary cap. Wall should be Wall needs to be gone this offseason. The fact that he is still a part of this organization is so embarrassingly bad that I just want them to do something creative, something fun. You know what was fun? Draft night was fun, where the Rockets are wheeling and dealing and they drafted green. Um you know, they, they got Shang, they moved up to get Shangoon, you get Christopher, you get Garuba, you get all these guys. And it's like this year, it's been so mismanaged by the front office and company that they, the, the Silas experiment was, I would say it was fun and it needs to end, but it hasn't been fun. No one's having <laughs> fun watching this team as a whole right now. Are there, Fun games, yes. Was the, you know, they've had a couple great wins, but look at the stadium. No one's going. They can't give away tickets fast enough to go watch this team. And it's because they're mismanaged and they're miscoached. Before you can even be good, like, I would, I would take, yeah, I, I was okay with whatever the outcome of this year was. I, I wasn't necessarily a, a, a fan that wanted them to kind of, to go the OKC route or you know, that that kind of strategy of trying to lose as many games as possible. I, I just wanted them to be fun. And I, I fully expected a KPJ, Jalen Green background to be fun this year. And it hasn't been. And, uh, and some of it may not be them specifically, it's more so KPJ, but it's it's just the the whole construction of the team. And so like a team that's, you know, like be be fun. And then, you know, and, and then your, your, your fans are less, you know, they, they care a little bit less about you being, you know, good, you know, being in that, you know, competing for that ninth, 10th playoff spot in the West. But they're, they're just, they're just not that. And the, the, the other issue is if, if there aren't those kind of 
wholesale changes that you're talking about, even even to a half degree, a half measure. Think about all the the the, the worst teams at you know with us at the bottom of the of the cellar of the league. Detroit's going to be good next year. They're going to be good. They're going to make a move, and they're already you know if they were playing like they were the last month and a half, they'd be competing for a for a you know a playoff spot. You know they'd be for like a ninth, tenth playoff spot in the East. You know with kind of how Cade's been playing. Orlando, if they could, I think in my mind, if I put myself in Orlando Magic's fan perspective, if you kind of upgraded on Cole Anthony somehow, you know that that team would be, you know, should be should be kind of competing for a ninth spot as well. Like it's OKC is going to try to be bad, but OKC is going to be good. With, you know, if they actually if OKC wanted to be good, they could be competing for the playoffs this year. But they, you know, they they're probably going to be trying to tank, but they'll still, you know, they'll still find a way to win 30 games next year. It's so like, what do we, you know, so like it's either, it's either we make these wholesale changes. So I, I just, and a lot of this is just on stone. What is their view? Is their view of, even if well, we try well, to stone be, sucks so too. So let's just be bad. Let's keep Silas, you know? Well, stone's not good either. And for people out there that want to say that Raphael stone, like, okay, before I make my point, Adam, would you consider Raphael stone a good NBA general manager? Incomplete grade at the, if I was being just, if I was just being, uh, pretty, pretty generous. Okay. But, 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 but not good. So, so yeah, tending okay. towards that. Right. Yeah. There's nothing that he's done that arguably, if you, if you had to ask me right now, did he make the right pick at two? Um, in my opinion, no. I said it on, on the show we did before the, the draft. I would have taken Evan Mobley. It was close. And am I happy with Jalen Green? Yes. I don't think he's part of the problem. I think he's a definite part of the solution. But at the time and looking at the team right now, I would have taken Evan Mobley. Do I like Shangoon with the 16th pick? I like Shangoon. I don't love Shangoon. Josh Christopher, nice player. Is he a superstar? No. Garuba, they don't even play him. Last year with the trade with Harden, it was a terrible trade for the Rockets. Now, does it look better now because the Nets are going to struggle? Yeah. But, you know, those picks more than likely end up where? Adam in the 16, you know, as long as they have Durant, I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to go to the playoffs, meaning that the best that pick can be is 16. So I think they failed at the Harden deal. They've kept John Wall under contract, you know, with the team. They haven't found a way to move him. The trade deadline last year was atrocious. The trade deadline this year was atrocious. Yeah. You know, that you see, like, it's a, you know, you have an owner that has completely fumbled the ball at being the owner. I mean, so you've got a below average owner. I would call Tillman Fertitta one of the seven to 10 worst owners in the league. I'd call Stone a, t- a bottom 10 GM. You have one of the worst rosters in the league. Yeah, I- I'm not making any judgment on Green. For, you know, year one, Mobley versus Green. Yeah, with Mobley, you have five to seven, maybe even 10 wins. And maybe, and Christian Wood looks a lot better being able to play it as natural, you know, uh, four position. And you probably don't draft Shingun, but... You know, maybe you do, and he's your backup. Maybe he's kind of a fun, 
kind of bench player and we think even highly more highly of him and you know and maybe you can you know you you know imagine uh uh it's well you're not going to get both shooting yeah i'm I'm wrong there but it's that you're asking the rockets fans to invest in a business without giving them a business plan and that's that's the biggest issue that Tita has provided, right? Because they're not telling us what their plan is. They're just saying, hey, I need $50,000 because I'm starting this food truck. They're not telling you what, what, what type of food they're making. They're not telling you, like, you know, they're not telling you what, right. what area they're putting it in. Trust us. But they have more showing. Yeah, they don't, yeah. They don't, there's not. The, the plan, you can't compare basketball to baseball for me because baseball, there's so many more variables. You have more players, you have an expanded, you know, uh, what's it called? Farm system. You've got the major difference is, is if you're the worst team in the league, you're guaranteed yourself the number one pick. And I'm only going to use this example with you, Adam. I don't know if you're a football fan, but I am a Miami. I've been a Miami Dolphins fan my entire life. Things can change very, very quickly in professional sports if you make the right moves. By acquiring a guy like a Tyree Kill, the Dolphins all of a sudden catapult themselves into a different category than they were before that move. The Rockets are the same. This team is the same way. It takes one guy. And especially in basketball, you know this, the Rockets acquired James Harden. They went from crappy whatever, you know, with Kevin Martin to, okay, this team is all of a sudden intriguing. Then you get a guy that other guys actually want to come play with. That's how the Rockets were able to get guys like Dwight Howard and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and John Wall to come here was to play with a guy like uh, uh, James Harden. So, so what, no, one is, no one on this team is somebody that in free agency is going to want to come here and play with. I, I like that analogy. So like if you, you know, we, we upgraded basically, you know, you know, you can quibble a little bit from Jerry, Jeremy Lin to, to James Harden. Right. In 2012, 2013, you know, in a way, right. We handed over, you know, that's, so if you think about it, what is the biggest thing that's holding us back? Who has the highest utilization? This is, and this is my whole thing. I don't, I don't dislike KPJ. I think a lot of people, it's either kind of, it's black and white, right? I, I, I hate, you know, you can hate or you love something. No, it's, 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 I don't think it's that simple, but KPJ is running our offense and KPJ is not the guy to lead an NBA team as a point guard. And he's just in the, he's just in the wrong position. It's, you need to upgrade on that position. And Jalen yeah. Brunson for, for KPJ, we're, we're definitely not a top, a bottom, bottom five team this year. You know, like we're, we're maybe not a bottom seven team. Jalen Green probably looks better because, you know, Jalen Brunson has a better sense of when to shoot, when to pass. He's able to penetrate. He's not dancing around with the ball, you know, and dribbling out half the clock. And some nights that looks good when the shot's going in. And I think KPJ, like he, he's, he's probably our second best, m- most reliable three point, you know, standstill three point shooter. You get him in a spot up position. I bet you he could be a 40% three point shooter. Maybe that's where his, his role is. And, you know, if, if he was averaging 15 points a game on, you know, on, on good shots, like maybe he'd accept that. But, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, you got to identify what's your one or two kind of, what's, what are the one, those one or two players that are really kind of holding us back the most, whether it be based on their talent, based on their level of talent or kind of the level of expectation and kind of weight of responsibility that's placed in there. 
I think that's a good place to wrap the show up, my man. Adam, always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Mike. Have a good rest of your night. You too, brother. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. My name is Mike Brown. Thank you all for joining me here on Spotify Green Room. We appreciate you all very much. We only have three, four, five, six, nine games left in the season. So very, very exciting. We will be back here live on Spotify Green Room Friday and Saturday night. Both games against the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. Both teams are absolutely hot dog water. So we hopefully can be uh, talking about maybe a win or two there. We will be live here on Spotify Green Room once again. I believe Jeremy will have Friday and potentially Jeremy and I will have Saturday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Tune in to find out. Um, make sure to ch- head on over to Facebook, search the Dream Shake to give the Dream Shake a like. Head on over to Twitter, uh, search at Dream Shake SBN to follow the mothership of the Dream Take. Follow the Dream Take at the Dream Take as well. You can follow my co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets every day from all of our incredibly talented writers. Your unhappy final from Dallas, 110 to 91. The Rockets fall to 18 and 55. Uh, before we sign off, want to give a shout out to all my H- fellow Houston Cougars out there listening to the show uh, today, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, we will be defeating the Arizona Wildcats to move on to the Elite Eight this weekend. So make sure to check out that game tomorrow night on a Rockets off night. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.